Salutations, 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 and more salutations. Welcome to another installment of your favorite show, The Dill Ryan Report. I am Ryan Humor, and... Hey, man, it's the ever-so-clever, the man with many endeavors, your favorite podcast host, Mr. About Dell Time, peace, love, and happiness, all that greatness. But what's cracking, man? What's on, what's on the chopping board today? Man, we gonna actually, bro... Talk about what do you owe the people that put you on, bro? It's been a lot kind of happening within this last three weeks, if you will. Mm -hmm. We got Michael Orr, former Raven star. They made a movie called The Blind Side about him being adopted by some white folks, but turns out it wasn't really like that. Yeah. I'm going to also ask you a question, a surprise question as well, about a particular NBA sports star that got put on by somebody else. I'm going to ask you how you feel about it. Yeah. Little surprise, little situation. Before we even hop into that, though, man, how are you, bro? How you? What's popping with you? How you feel on this hot August? I feel good, man. It's been going well. Got a fresh lineup. You feel me? So you know, I feel mad handsome. You know what I'm saying? So you know that 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 fresh lineup it changed your life. You be going from Teen Wolf to to Rick Fox. That shit changed everything. Um. So yeah, man, I'm feeling real good. I've been active you know run club golf here and there you feel me hanging out with my brother who's in town hanging out with the baby of course living life being a father being great man that's it i'm just being great man but i, I but i can't be great without my co-host and all of the adventures he do on his solo on his solo mind so tell me more about how your week been going good brother man listen good brother i had a show last night in Livermore, California, I had a show before that in Avery, California. I'm out here on my 39th summer having a good-ass time. I want to ask you something that you was able to just skip over real quick. Man, so you golfing now? You golfing I'm now? Golfing. That's how you yeah, man. You know, hey, man, you got to make those connections on the go on the green, man. That's the only way you're going to get in between. Look, man, Uh, so yeah, man, we out here, man, you know, we really doing it, man. I ain't, I ain't great. I ain't great. I ain't going to sit here and tell you no lies. Like, oh, I'm hitting 81 or I'm hitting nine, I'm hitting below 90. I'm more of a back nine type of nigga, meaning like my first nine holes, I'll be trash. But then by the by the by this by the second nine, I'm pretty decent. I started like picking it up. I started getting it down. I need to be a little bit more active. Um, I got me some clubs. You feel me? I'm, I got my little golf club. You know, my golf glove. I got my um, I got my shoes. I'm 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 pretty solid on everything. But um, it's been a fun. It's been it's it's a fun sport. You may actually enjoy it because it partakes in things that you like well when you are doing them i know you're i know you be on your hiatus sometimes when you're not drinking and shit but you could drink you feel me golf carts you know and 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 then you still play sports like it's the only sport you could drink in and shit you could drink when you bowl you could drink when you bowl that is a good factor that is but a good golf factor. is outside that seems it's like outside that seems, that seems like the defending the defining factor i mean and you, you could got, be fly you got the homeboy you got the homeboy s dot walton telling us telling me to golf Got you telling me to go off. The homie LX just just sent me a picture last night after my show. He sent me a picture of his uh of his golf clubs and was like, "We golf now." And his top his picture said, "Top flight on the golf clubs." And he sent the yeah. picture of he spent the gift of Day Day and Craig inside the thing, the security hut where he's like, "We top flight security of the world." I was like, "That's a yeah. great pun, bro. Great pun." So I don't know. I may do it. I may do it. I don't. I never. I always heard when you get older, you gotta start golfing. You know how I be. You know how I be so anti hype beast. Though I don't really like doing shit just because other people are doing it. So I may sign up eventually. I may sign up. It just doesn't. It don't look that intriguing to me right now. I think if you got out there, I think I'm. I'm. I'm gonna skip all of the shit that everybody tried to sell me on because I'm not a drinker. I'm not that. But I think when you get out there and it's a challenge, it's a challenge of it. 
Like you get out there. It's not all of the flyness. It's not all of that shit. You're a person who likes to be challenged. I think if you got out there and you like, oh, okay, I got to hit this wall. I got to knock this motherfucker from either a hundred yards to, to 300 yards. Okay. Let me, let me figure that shit out real quick. And you, and then somebody teaches the form and you do it and you get your first good hit off. You're going to be like, oh, I kind of like this shit. This shit cool. It's really fun. Especially when you got a golf cart. Like I say like this, if you got a golf cart, it's so much better. If you walk in, you gonna hate the shit. If your yeah. first time golfing, if you mm -hmm. walk into 18 holes, you gonna hate that shit. Yeah, that but if you cool. got, but if you got, if you got a golf cart and you chilling and you and you just and you just riding around, you playing your music, you know what I'm saying? You're 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 a music connoisseur, so you like to hear your music. You want to be chilling, doing it like that. It's cool. If you ever want to take partake in it, there is a golf course that's out here. It's only nine holes and it's ten dollars an hour. You may want to do something like that. So we it's can go bad. do that. But you got you got yeah. clubs now, though. You a baller. Yeah, I got clubs. I got clubs. Uh, I got clubs. Uh, I got golf balls, all of it. So you come out here whenever you come visit. So we'll, we'll, so, we'll... so so Trinell put you on. Actually, no, Trinell helped. He 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 definitely helped. But I felt like uh, if I was to give anyone credit, I'm gonna give credit to Stefan. Stefan put me on years ago. Um, I was right. golfing with him back in, when I lived in Sacramento. And um, I fucked up just to tell you a quick story. I fucked up one of his like expensive ass Tiger Wood like irons or like some some expensive shit he had. Um, I broke the shit on one of my first hits and going too hard, chopping hard at the grass. And uh, he was hot, but he replaced that shit, got it fixed. And uh, it was wood. It was actually his Tiger Wood wood. Oh, so uh, I know that shit don't mean you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but anybody listening. But it was a wood golf club. That's really old. It was a wood golf Tiger Woods. Yeah, this was like a a, a wood. That's like one that it's like a hybrid wood or something like that. It's like Damn. broke the shit, Smith's best club. Uh, so he was hot, but he was just like, fuck it. You feel me? What can what can we say? And the piece that came off flew. We were at the hitting range too. So it flew off in the thing. So he had to step show people to stop. Don't hit no more balls while he went out there and grabbed the piece that that I that I broke off. Oh so shit. He, yeah, but he, you know, so that's how I learned. And then he had me scared after doing that. I was hella scared to play. Because I was gotcha. like, man, if I'm just breaking shit, I don't want to be out there doing this shit. But when I learned and I learned how to hit properly, and, I, and I'm, I'm still learning how to hit properly, I, I became, um, I became a, I, I like it. I like the, I like the sport. I like when you go out there and you golf with people. People, I would go to the hitting, the hitting range and, and probably do that. Okay. More than yeah, I, I haven't been. The, I mean, so I might. You know what, bro? I can't hold you. I may like it a lot. I may like it a lot because I have been the. I've been to Top Golf three times. I like yeah. Top Golf, so I just People love it's, Top. It's golf. one of those things where it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't like it. I don't. It's one of those things where I am indifferent towards it because I'm not good enough at it yet, right? It's exactly. like baseball, right? Like I can't. I'm still not very good at hitting a baseball, but I used to hate a baseball because I can't hit a baseball. And just like with bowling, I used to not like bowling very much because I was completely horrible. But now I have a little bit. I have like a, a tiny itty bit amount of strategy, so. It's something you get you get better at. I can see myself enjoying it, but I do. I've been a golf, top golf enough times to know I do enjoy like seeing how far the ball could go. So you would say Stefan put you on in a way. You would say your, you would say your brother pushed through. Uh, that is definitely related to our next topic, if you will. How much do you owe the people that put you on, man? The reason I ask that is because we just recently got some news that. Former NFL star Michael Orr, you guys may have heard of him. He was in the he was they made a movie about him called The Blind Side. It starred starred Sarah Bullock, Sandra Bullock. The movie was about a family that adopted a young kid 
uh, basically raised him, and then he went to the NFL, and life was all good. Turns out, though, as he got a little bit older, turns out he found out that they he was never really adopted by them. He was just at their house. When he turned 18, three months after he turned 18, the Tuies, the family they lives with, they had him sign a conservatorship. The legal experts have said there's no basis for the conservatorship to exist. There's no reason at all for it. For those of you that don't know, a conservatorship is something along the lines of we were in like a free Britney, we were in a free Britney situation a while ago because Britney's basically her rights were ran by her father. People were like, free Britney, free Britney, free Britney, and y'all free Britney, and now she's slapping black men in Vegas. That's a whole different story. But that's what a conservatorship is. Turns out under this conservatorship, they were able to make money off of the movie that he was in or to make money off of some of his rights. And I mean, when it comes down to it, the movie that was created, the Tuies end up getting $500,000 and 3.5% royalties for the movie. Michael Orr got nothing for the movie and was coerced into signing his rights over to CCA which is the agency that represents the Chewies that put together the movie. So, Dale, you read the story. Is that about, that's about correct? That's about right. Yeah. That's All right, right. That's so I want to ask you this. So then with that, Dale, we do have Michael Orr, who in his career netted about, netted over $23 million in his career, his NFL career. So, Dale, I want to ask you, the movie's wrong. They did some shady things. Life has went on. He probably feels hurt, I would only imagine. Objectively, as an outsider looking in, Dale, I ask you this. How much do we owe the people that put us on? Because some people say, well, you know, they did raise him, and if they felt like that's what they needed, if they felt like they wanted something after that because he was going to be great, like, they knew he was going to make NFL money forever, and they put this movie together about what they might have did and what he did and now they can get paid on the movie like forever for like raising him. Maybe that's their allowance forever. But they haven't signed the conservatorship, right? So that we could say that they we adopted him. So some people are saying, well, he would have never made it that far if it wasn't for them. And he's fine. Let them have that. And some people are like, no, it's wrong. They shouldn't have did that period at all. Nothing like that should have ever happened. With that, they'll ask you, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I think... I'm going to actually take it a whole nother level. Cool. I think, I think actually that, uh, that when you owe somebody, you like who put you on, you, you, you should pay them. And I felt like you should pay them. You should pay them, not necessarily what they want, but whatever you feel you should give them. If you feel it, like I feel like people who like when someone when a rapper comes on, he's like, I'm gonna buy my mama a house because maybe in his mind, he's like, she deserve a house. She might not ever ask for a house. Might be cool with the house she was living in or written from. Be like, I'm gonna buy her a house. I'm gonna buy her a BMW. I'm gonna buy her this. I'm gonna buy her that. That's what they feel that they mom is old. Or some people say, I'm gonna get my mom. I'm, I'm gonna get my mom 10,000 for I'm gonna get my mom 10,000, 10,000 times. You feel me? Regardless, like whatever they want to do. However. When I, with me saying that, I actually feel like Michael Orr put the family on. So, so in reality, I felt like they owe him, and they should pay him whatever portion that they got on. Because yeah, they took the story, they took so 
they wouldn't have been, they would have just been a regular ass family. It would have been a white family that did was just whatever. If they were wealthy, they were wealthy. If they, if they, however they moved, they would have been that white family regardless. By them adopting the black kid who happened to have some type of athletic ability, he put them on because it made them become more acknowledged. You feel me? He was going to get acknowledged regardless. If they're thinking that, well, we, we helped him get to the NFL. Maybe, maybe. Or maybe he would have played and somebody would have spotted him anyway. You saw his talent. So maybe the same coaches that was great and could have sound their talent saw what he was able to do and said, we want to have him go on. So I feel like it ain't really a price that I could put on it, but whatever they felt like, I felt like to, 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 to handle it correctly, they should say, you know what? And I think this could have been settled that way. I think they could have said, hey, you know what? If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't even had this movie deal. Sandra Bullock wouldn't have been playing me. This wouldn't have happened, blah, 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 blah. So we want to pay you and make sure you get a part of these royalties too or things like that because it was for you. So I think they they own whatever they whatever they feel they should. I think to me, bro, that's the shadiest part because I don't understand how. I don't understand how you could be so, how you could be so greedy to have him sell his rights and he gets nothing for a movie. That part, right. that part to me, like, because the thing is like this, I asked you, this is, a great, this is a great answer though, by the way. I asked you the question in the sense of maybe we found out, maybe everything was cool and then we found out uh, Michael Orr was getting 1% from the movie, the family is getting 3.5. And mm -hmm. that's the story we're talking about. It's like, how much, maybe he gets 3.5 because he gets 1% because they know he's going to make more bread. And that was just the agreement they had as like adults. But to leave him out of it completely and the whole family get royalties and like the the I said five I said I said five hundred thousand because the wife got one twenty five the husband got one twenty five and even her kid or even her real kids got one twenty five each then the family gets three point five percent so it's interesting because it's like damn how shady can you be and they're still not and so with and with the conservatorship like the story is a complete lie. Yeah. It's not an adoption. It's a conservatorship after three months after we turn 18. Now, the part where I say put on is this. Those people that saw him and when they adopted him, like, I don't know if they saw, like, the letters he received or if he was even receiving letters or how old he was at that time. But you're still, the NFL is still very hard to make. It's still very challenging to make the NFL. We we know this for a fact. And I still would give them some some like inkling of credit for like giving him shelter. However, however, we don't know what would happen if he wasn't drafted. What if he broke exactly. his whole leg? He could still live there. Is it still yeah. cool? He's still exactly. family if he couldn't if he couldn't play ball. I knew a guy in high school that his family dipped. His family dipped to Vegas. And our coach wanted him to stay to play basketball so one of the coaches housed him to play ball and then after the season was done after he graduated this nigga had nowhere to live mm -hmm. until he until he found a way to get back to vegas like it was not shortly after graduation he was like living somewhere i was like bro what happened to what you call it oh i live here now word oh like that so these people will be like yeah we take you under we'll take you under our arm because they know they got something coming in the end at the same yeah. time, it's like if you move in a way where if you move shady to a point where we the numbers don't lie, this is one of those situations where the numbers aren't lying. Like, y'all, there was no reason for him to sign this thing at 18. 
and he didn't receive any money for his movie, and you guys received his money for his movie. The movie's about him. Yeah, of course, Sandra Bullock. I can't name the black guy that played him, but Sandra Bullock's in the movie. So you think, why have any power? No, 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 no. The movie's about him. The movie's yeah. about like this guy. So that's why it was it's interesting to me. But the way you say it, like, yo, you people you owe them to put you on, but you should only owe them what you want to give them. And they wouldn't be a factor if it was not for him. So he right. can't even he's not even getting 0.5% of mm-hmm. that. Like the movie, the movie was either Oscar nominated or won an Oscar. Right. He's not getting Oscar. none of that. So I get you, man. I get you. It's similar, similarly to like what we talked about in the in the Lizzo episode. For y'all, for those of y'all who haven't heard the Lizzo episode, mean about the time finally covered that. Check it out. How much do the dancers that's dancing owe Lizzo? Like, right. do you owe Lizzo to be like, well, she put me on, we big, ain't nowhere else to go. This is what we gotta, we gotta dance here and eat bananas out of other people's body parts. We gotta let Lizzo, we gotta let Lizzo pee on us. I don't know if that happened. I don't know if that happened. That's what I heard. We gotta let it happen. But how much, how much do you owe, how much do you owe Lizzo for providing you with the platform at that point? Like, you gotta go to the sex club. Maybe you went to the sex club because you know what Lizzo put me on, ain't really that else to do. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so how much do you owe the people that put you on? And your answer though, you're saying you owe them what you decide to give them? Yeah, I think I I, I don't think that for me. So in my mind, I felt like because if you say you can't take it from what somebody's saying that they that that, that you owe, them. I think you have to you have to say, okay, I owe you this because whatever value that you felt you got out of them then you could pay that back you know me a, a good example is this i remember ryan when he first got his car used to pick me up from school and he never would ask me for shit not gas money nothing he had his own money he was working at Liz claiborne at the time he was he was living maybe not working at Liz claiborne but i remember him he would have his own money i had a job and he would come pick me up from job and take me home and do things like that i would say hey ryan i would give him Whatever I thought was worth giving him, not whatever he wanted. He wouldn't have never asked me for shit. So I would just say, here, here is five dollars for your tank. At that, and just so y'all know, at that time gas was hella cheap. So gas I, was, I, was, was ninety nine cent at that time. <laughs> so, so, so I was like, here's five dollars for your tank, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you for picking me up. He'll be like, either at that moment, be like, nah, it's good, or he'll say, thanks, bro, and take it and, and be about his way. But I say that to say, when you, if somebody puts you on, and this is my thought, right? Somebody puts you on. Either they did it out the kindness of their heart or they're doing it for some type of monetary gain or some type of gain, right? So the person that's doing it for monetary gain is going to let you know what they want outright. And then you can either give them that, but if you have no idea what they want, you give them what you think they deserve or whatever you feel is valuable enough to prepay back what you've done. That's how I live by the model because I felt like if I'm going to give somebody something, I don't want them to be telling me, oh, you owe me this. Because now I'm going to feel like I'm going to assess what you think I owe you. Then I'm going to start thinking about it too much. Like, oh, well, you telling me that I owe you this. So now I'm thinking about it too much. So now we're going to argue. That's going to cause controversy. But if I just give you what I think you owe and you just accept it, then it's great. You feel me? You know what, man? I remember when you did this. Here's what here's this for that. Everybody's happy because that was an unexpected gift. Because if the person really put you on for just really putting you on, then they inspect shit. I used to tell my brother this. When my brother was a singer. He always be like, man, when I when I get on, I swear to God, dude, you ain't going to never have to worry. You ain't going to never have to worry. I'd be like, bro, I don't give a fuck about what you're going to do for me. I just want you to get on. So whenever you get on, bro, don't even look back. 
You feel me? Whatever you're going to do, do what you got to do. I never wanted nothing from my brother. When he got on BET and he did his thing and he and he thought he was about to be a superstar, when he got plays on the radio, he thought he was going to be the superstar, I would always just tell him, I'm proud of you, bro. Keep pushing. Keep doing your thing. Stay active on your, on your craft. You feel me? And I never wanted anything from him because I wanted him to be great. Same thing with my cousin Kenny. When my cousin Kenny was breaking off and doing music, I, man, I'm, when I get a song deal, I'm going to buy you a house. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to do that. Bro, don't buy me shit. Take care of your kids. You feel me? Take care of these people. Take care of that. Don't worry about me. I'm going to be good because I always had the intention. I'm going to do good regardless. Right. You feel me? I'm going to do good regardless. I told Ryan when I was 13, hey, bro, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be, I'm, I should tell him what I was going to be doing. I, I'm going to be in the city. I didn't even know what kind of job I was at, but I'm going to be in the city, commuting to the city every day with a fly ass suit. Told this nigga this. And, and then that shit, I manifest that shit because that shit happened. It wasn't for the job I thought it would have been for, but nigga, it happened. So, so, so shit like that used to happen. And I, I think um, I say all that to say, you know, if you're doing something for somebody, there is no, there is no really no kind of like monetization. But if they come out and say, you owe me this, either you could say, I'm going to just give them that because then that way I, I can cut that off. And that's how I would do it. Somebody told me you owe me this because I did this for you. Then I would give them what they saying that I think that they, they owe me or, or at least try to give them a portion, whatever it is. As long as they ain't draining me out, I would say, here, you can have that. Good. We're done, though, because, nigga, you thought whatever you did for me was got what got me here no my talent is what got me here no my ambition to keep moving forward to have me here i have a friend who would always tell me shit like oh nigga i got you that girl oh nigga you wouldn't be doing this because that or you wouldn't be doing this for this no nigga the reason why it worked nigga is because i'm handsome nigga and then when you introduced me to that chick she was able to accept the fact that i was handsome and said i can deal with that too and i had enough mouthpiece to keep the conversation going you feel me so, no, you might have introduced me to the situation, but if you thought that you needed some kind of credit for it, then, nigga, you can have the credit for it. Fine. You know what I mean? You could say that. And I would give him the credit. Like, yeah, if it wasn't him, he did it. Because that's all he wanted was the credit. <laughs> that's all he cared it. about. That's all he, he wanted. He just it. wanted to say all he that he did it. That's all he wanted out of the whole situation. Nigga, I gave it. Look, he wouldn't have got that pussy if it wasn't for me. Fine. You gave me. If it wasn't for that introduction you did, you did it. So, Okay. All right. I, I could I can respect that. I can respect. I do I do feel like if you want someone that says, hey man, you owe me, then you gotta instantly assess what their what their worth is and go ahead and let them have it. That happened with yeah. 50 and mm, with 50 and his early producer. And 50 went and signed with 50 went and signed with Aftermath. Yeah. And the producer said, Hey man. You owe me money for this studio, for all the studio time that I let you record in my studio. You got to give me some bread. You owe me 50 bands. And 50's lawyer was like, uh, how about we give you 20 bands and a percentage of get rich or die trying? Mm -hmm. It was like, nah, bro, nah, I want my paper. Like 50 owe me money. He not just going to go ahead and record in my studio. He not going to record in my studio and then just take off and start popping like that. 50 and his lawyer happily gave a dude to 50 bands. And 50 said during the book, I wasn't recording a studio in a way where I record in the studio, but it wasn't something where it's like, I owe you. Like we were doing each other a favor. Like I'm giving you raps to use and I'm using your beats. I'm in your studio. Like we were like partners on some shit, but for him to come out and say, you owe me bet. Cool. Could have had all these royalties for one of the best selling rap albums in history, but no, he got shady with it. He got too greedy. You owe me this. Cause you was here. All right, man. Here we'll just write it off and just figure it out. Same thing happened with same thing happened with with, uh, with Nelly and the Saint Lunatics Public Publishing. 
before Nelly signed his record with Priority, I believe, uh, he someone he, someone else in, in St. Louis owned his publishing, and they didn't want the royalties, so ne- they wanted twenty thousand dollars. Nelly, 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 and then wrote the Nelly and his people wrote the check. Here, take your twenty bands since we owe you, and that was it. And they got to keep his publishing. So this is similar to a situation where Dell, you're aware of James Harden's situation on the Sixers, where he is there. He decided to opt in to receive a trade because he didn't want to test the mark on his own. He chose to opt in. The Rockers, the Sixers were going to trade him, but they can't find a viable person to accept the trade, Dale. So James Harden said, Daryl Morey is a liar. That's the GM of the Sixers. Daryl Morey is a liar. I will never play for a team that he is a part of. So about Dale time, Daryl Morey was the original GM of the Rockets. And right. he was the person that acquired James Harden from the Thunder. Uh, I want to say, like, he didn't make James Harden a god. He provided the platform for James Harden to simply be an MVP, basically basically have the greatest stat line in the history of anything. The year that Westbrook won the, won the MVP, James Harden had more points, more rebounds, and more assists than Westbrook but the way the numbers worked out people like that Westbrook had a triple double look it up James Harden was a guy on the Rockets got plenty of money got 45 million dollars a year obviously we saw a bunch of players go in there that couldn't work with Harden whether it was Melo Chris Paul Westbrook we saw everybody play with Harden Dwight Howard we saw everybody play with Harden so they got him all the players he wanted so so, showed him 50 million dollars and then he did the he did the weight thing, forced himself out of the Rockets. Didn't want to be on the Rockets anymore. I mean, forced out of the Rockets. Didn't want to be on the Nets anymore. Forced out of the Nets. Daryl Moore took him on. Gave him a big deal. Gave him big money. Played with Embiid. They said, yeah, you, we'll give you a signing option. All right, you guys are signing trade? Yeah, we'll sign and trade you. So he signs it, Dale, because he wants $37 million and wants to be traded. He could have opted out and tested the market. Yeah, It's like the Draymond thing. Do you really want to opt out of this 30 million? You're not going to get 30 million, bro. Right. Take this money. So they can't find a way to trade him because nobody wants to pay James Harden $30 million. Nobody. So James Harden's upset. Dale, how does James Harden have a right to be upset at Dale Morty if he's the one that put him on? No. I felt like at that moment, I think, I think he put you on. He got you, he, he got you to, he got you to a status where you are now like considered a hall of famer you're going to be i'm not saying that your talents didn't do it i don't think you're i think your talents do it but i think like he like when you were on okc you were a role player you got to the, you got to houston you were you immediately looked at as a star player you know what i'm saying you were you were tracy mcgrady at that moment you were you were you were you were immediately started comparing your they started comparing you as tracy mcgrady and what you could probably do yeah so so past them so at 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 that at that moment i think you don't gotta publicly like if you whatever dislike you have for him whatever disdain you have for him you don't necessarily have to publicly do it and it's crazy because you don't speak a lot so for you to come out and now publicly say some shit it's kind of wild but um i think this is all a ploy though somebody was like yo bro the only way you gonna get out of this shit though they gonna find it if people see that you don't like it over there, and now you gotta tell people you don't like it because you don't never say nothing, and so people don't think that you don't like that. People gonna think you just like if it's just rumors, 
Nobody's going to know that you're serious about it. So you have to come out and say this shit so that eventually teams will try to get the 30 million. You feel me? That teams will be like, well, maybe he really wants to go so we can figure out a way to get 30 million. You know what I'm saying? If they really want him. Like, like the Bucks, like, fuck it. Let's go ahead and just try it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe it the might Bucks. work with young. Yeah, I'm just saying, just in general. I'm just throwing out teams like okay. that got that got good players. If the Bucks went for him and said it, you know, we'll put Yondis and see what they do together. Like that might work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe they might get 30 million. You know, maybe Detroit might get 30 million. Somebody might try to get 30 million. Maybe the Heat. You know what I'm saying? So we don't know. Um, now that we know that he doesn't really want to be there, because one thing with Harden is he's never actually said anything that he never wanted to be somewhere. This is his first time publicly saying, I don't want to be here. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? It's kind of the same thing with Dane. Dane came out and said, I don't want to be here. Right. Then it was like, oh, well, we'll figure like people started trying to figure out. Then all of a sudden trades started happening. And then the Portland just was in their control. Like, no, nah, we're not taking that. No, nah, we might take that. No, nah, we're not going to take this. No, nah, we're not going to take that. So that's probably going to spark up the trade conversations. You feel me? And I think that's what's happening here. I think I think the 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 thin line, that very thin line, bro, of like NBA trades is the very thin line is like and I, you gotta be able to let people know the person wants to go, but also not that they hate where they're at. Yeah. Because once someone hates where they're at, that's when the team can that's when someone can get gouged. Yep. Where it's like, well, he y'all, he don't want to be there in it. He's not on some um. Some uh, some Ben Simmons, yeah, like he's exactly. not gonna get on the court again. So yeah. y'all have to get rid of him. He's a, a depreciating asset. Uh, there's a mm. different word. It's not depreciating. It's another word. But you have to get rid of him. So I think for him to say that's like, ooh, you're not gonna play, and you opted in, and we gotta pay you to stay home, or we gotta get rid of you, or they get rid of you for nothing. So yeah. I agree with you on the fact that like, yeah, I don't think you should have said that out loud. I don't yeah. think you should have said it out loud, but at the same time, to your point, we always reward James Harden for not saying nothing. We'd be like, hey, right. man, don't say nothing. You good. Just make it look like it's everybody else's fault, bro. You'd be cool. You'd be good. And now he said something, and I'm kind of like, ooh, should you, uh, uh, yeah. of all the times you don't speak, of all the times you don't speak, is this the time that you really feel like you really wanted to say this? Like, you really wanted to say this at this time? So yeah. it kind of gets me in a weird way as well, because even for James Harden to move the way he moved to get out of Houston, like Daryl Morey had to see that to see the yeah. way he moved to get out of there. So everybody, everybody in the league saw it. And KD was KD and Kyrie wanted him, so he went to Brooklyn and played. And then he didn't like the way KD and Kyrie was moving. I don't blame him. Like Kyrie on this other stuff, KD on this other stuff. Like I don't want to be here anymore. Daryl Morey's like, oh, come on over, bro. Come on over. Gotcha. And it's like, oh, do you think they interviewed James Harden after the season? Like, how do you feel about Doc Rivers? I don't know. Like, okay, and you also going to just not co-sign the coach we got here. We'll figure out. We'll get rid of him too. Yeah. So it seems like they've always been over, been able to, to give him what he wants, you know, but for him to come out and say that, there may be some other things going on. Like, we're going to do our best to trade you. We're going to do our absolute best to try to trade you. But if you chose to opt in because you wanted $30 million, when you could have tested the market on your own, that's kind of on you. Yeah, now, exactly. if Daryl Morey said, bro, if you sign right now, if you sign right now, we already got somebody to do it. If you sign, all you got to do is sign. You'll be on the bucks tomorrow. We got a trade worked out with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. James Harden's like, did those people already take physicals to make sure they can get traded? Y'all test them to make sure the trade goes through? Yeah, we're good. So-and-so, I talked to the agents. I need you to sign, though, so that we can get these four dudes from the bucks. Okay. And you sign it, it's like, oh, sorry, that's that's some bullshit. 
Yeah, that's, that's some bullshit. bullshit. That's, that's some bullshit. bullshit. That's some bullshit. But if it's just, bro, I wanted thirty million and I wanted to go where I wanted to go. Nah, nah, nah man. Nah, nah, it don't. But you already been having that life, though. He's already had that life, like, like, like James Harden had that life where he used to just choose and like and do what he wanted to do. So, nah, man, I, I feel like that's probably what happened. It's like, bro, they probably verbally said that shit. Like, bro, I've been giving you everything, bro. I've been giving you everything. Like, I mean, you was that wing stop, nigga. I used to tell, like the stuff that we heard about the Houston stuff, all of that. Like how he don't really be practicing, he just be coming in wilding out. Like, I believe all that shit. So if that's what was happening, then I felt like I, I, I feel like. James, you've been getting a lot, bro, and like now you're just mad because you're not getting the shit you was getting. For and real, that, bro. Great nah. point, Dale. He been getting whatever he wanted since he been in the league, right? So, nigga, like, like, you got like you went, you went to the, you went to the finals. You was on a great team, went to the finals, and had responsibility on you, but didn't really have responsibility on you because you wasn't the starter. Then went somewhere else and got to be God. And yo, the only, the only, the only slight against you is. He disappears in the playoffs. And I don't even think that that's a fair criticism because, because he be balling the whole year. He be yeah. balling. And they can't, if they could get him like, they would have gotten like a young Melo or, or Jamal Crawford or somebody or whatever. James Harden would have been dope on the Clippers, basically. But he balls. Your only criticism is he doesn't have a championship. That's your only criticism. You don't got people for all these other players, pussy and punks and wimps and cowards and all these other bad words. Your only thing is, he hasn't made it that far in the playoffs. And you get whatever you want whenever you want it, bro. Yeah, exactly. Whenever he wants it. Whenever he wants they it. They done brought great. a whole bunch of dope-ass players into Houston. And, and then, niggas, when Westbrook leaves, people finally find out about your practice habits that you be holding up jets and, mm. and in the club all the time. And Houston loves you, which is cool. You've been getting what you want forever. And now it's, he's a liar. Boy, <laughs> he's a liar. Yeah, man. So, but I mean, James Harden finally spoke, and those are interesting black words. But though, you have more sufficient black words for us. I do have some more sufficient black words, and the black words I have is from Kimberly Bryant. After a successful career in electrical engineer, Kimberly Bryant started Black Girls Code to tech um, to teach black uh, school age girls in in understanding community and under underserved communities on how to code um and her words are learn how to become a creator of technology and not just a consumer and i think that um those are just some very important words because we talk a lot about that here um you know don't especially now in this age where ai is starting to take over things are starting to become more technology prone it's time for you not to sit back and just say I'm a creature of habit or I'm only going to stick with this or I'm only going to do this. I only know this. You have to get with the times and that not just for school age girls or not just for school age boys, for everyone of all ages, all shapes, all sizes, please continue to try to learn. Please continue to try to further educate yourself as the, as, 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 pretty much as the world evolves, the world is evolving into, in, in, into technology. Don't be left behind. And saying I don't do that because because of this, when in reality it's because you refuse to learn. So, man, say that say that one again. What's the quote? It's um, learn learn how to become a creator of technology and not just a consumer. Man, that's incredible. I was talking to my barber just the other day on earlier this week before my show. He was telling me that his uh, his girl was going to school for for uh, something, something for software. Uh -huh. I was like, man, that's dope, man, because 
as you said, not Dell, not even just not even just the AI, Dell, but all the tech. All as all the tech gets better, you have to know how to use it. They have, you know, how you have the, you know, how you see the. I guess their memes or gifts or whatever, but they'll be say you got Minister Society, mm -hmm. you got you got Kane stomping out dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll see one of those memes where uh, Kane would be like the Cowboys logo, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Dude would be the cow dude to be the Niners. Yep. Right. You see that like, damn, how they do that? Right. Because it's Photoshop or whatever. But they have, I saw an app that does it. The app is like $7.99 a month. And I saw them, I was like, I don't want to pay for this. And I was like, man, I'm out to buy this so I can get good at this because people think this is so hard, but the AI is making it easy for you to do it. So yeah. you can just make your content better by even investing in the AI stuff that they're making it easier for us to do. Like, you said, like, oh, that should look dope. Hey, how, hey share that. Just make your own. You right. really want to start popping on Instagram or social media or just get better at life, download an application and make your own thing that you keep sharing to other people. It's exactly. not the apps all do it. That the, the stuff isn't that hard. But shout out about the time he uploaded our video. We got our guest, uh, when our guest Vernon Morris on. Put the intro in the beginning, the intro at the end. Y'all probably watch this like, damn, that's dope. How do you do the transition like that? They got apps to do it. Like, you all got to learn how to do this because eventually what's going to happen is a lot of these things are going to leak over into the workforce. So for those of us that use Slack and Teams, a lot of that stylistic stuff that comes from that is from texting and other technology. If you already know how, if you already send pictures on your phone or capture things on your phone, when you screenshot things on your phone, you probably do it at work through Slack right now. I use a Mac, I use a Mac at work. And there's a lot of things you have to describe things to people. You got to do like a screenshot on the computer, but there's a way to like splice it and just send the part of the screen. That's from like us using phones. So right. use that stuff. It can't always be, I don't know how to do that. Are y'all good at that? Man, I wish I could do that. I don't know how to do that. Are we serious right now? I never want to be, I never want to be that person where you get to the age will have, but you get to an age where it's like, ah, oh, I gotta have us, I gotta have a 10-year-old teach me how to do that. Because oh, yeah. we should get, we should all get better and better with the technology because the technology is getting easier to use. Does anyone remember having the time a recording on a VCR? Right. Bro, that I, shit was why. I, I recorded the dunk contest once when we was all out, bro. Like this shit was so hard to do. It was so it was so hard to do. Now you DVR something, one button. So as you get older, the technology will get easier. You gotta keep up. And we all gotta stay, we gotta, we all gotta stay abreast on this because if you don't it's gonna pass you up and you're gonna blame somebody else you're gonna be like yeah man they always changing everything no it's literally easier now than it was before it's easy bro great quote dale incredible man incredible this is law number 23 for 2023 concentrate your forces conserve your forces and energies by keeping them concentrated at their strongest point you gain more by finding a rich mind and mining it deeper than flitting from one shallow mind to another intensity defeats extensity every time when looking for sources of power to elevate you find one key patron the fat cow who will give you milk for a long time to come listen what this means is our last episode our homie vernon morrison i talked about concentration i said another law about aiming i talked about aiming and for this one, this is about concentrating. So once you put together the plan of what you want to do and what you want to have done by the end of the year or whatever, you're going to find the most important thing on there. And that's the concentration. 
You got 10 things to do today. If one of those things is getting your car washed and one of them is getting your taxes done before that shit is up and one of them is paying rent, pick one. Concentrate all the forces on that. Multitasking doesn't work. Y'all seen all the videos where we ain't even supposed to be multitasking. We get more and more screens on our desk. Now I got four screens. I got nine screens. I'm working on my I'm working on my, on my flat screen now on my wall. We're not even supposed to operate like that. So you concentrate your forces towards one thing instead of jumping from one thing to another, to another, to another. Sometimes at work, I put together a list. I put at the very top one of the things that got to get done. If I set my timer for 45 minutes, I can get that thing done in 51 minutes. If I try to do all 10 of these things at once, nothing gets done. So law number 23, concentrate your forces. Conserve your forces and energies by keeping them concentrated at their strongest point. Listen, Y'all could be anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Continue to pay attention and stay hydrated. Hey, man, you made it this far right now. Make sure you like, subscribe, and, of course, comment. Let us know all your thoughts on do you how much do you owe the people that put you on. We would love to hear your thoughts. But until next time, just know we here at the Dell and Ryan Report really, 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 really fuck with you. Peace.